and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real life HR situations we face every day. On today's bonus episode, I've asked Anna McFarland, our director in product and technology, and Corinne Tyrone, a regular guest with me, our director of government relations, to join me to talk about all things ETS. So ladies, thanks for jumping on with me. Sure. Yeah, happy to be having us. So a couple months ago, President Biden announced some updates to his path out of the pandemic plan, and that included tasking OSHA with the creation of an emergency temporary standard requiring employers of 100 or more employees to either ensure their workers are fully vaccinated or provide a negative COVID test on at least weekly basis. And that emergency temporary standard is that ETS abbreviation earlier. Um, so this conversationally is known as the VAX or test rule. And when Corinne, you and I last spoke, we had a lot more questions than we had answers. But OSHA released the whopping 490 page text of the rule on November 4th and published it to the Federal Register on November 5th. As we expected, it's effective immediately, but the rule offers short grace periods to come into compliance, which we can talk about a little bit more in a few minutes. So I'd like to start with you, Corinne. Which employers are in scope for this new rule? So um, as President Biden indicated when he announced it, employers of 100 or more employees are in scope for this new rule. And the count is simple and broad. Just like we expected, it's going to try to apply to as many employers as it can possibly apply to. This applies to private employers with 100 or more employees, firm or corporate-wide, and that includes all employees across all of the employer's U.S. locations, including territories, regardless of the employee's vaccination status or where they perform their work. That 100 employee count includes remote employees, part-time employees, temporary and seasonal employees if they are employed directly by the employer and so on. So again, like I said, OSHA is really trying to paint with a really broad brush here just to make sure that they're capturing as many employers as possible with that standard. Corinne, that's a lot of information right up front. I'm curious with the caveat on remote employees, let's say your organization is fully remote, but you're at that 100 employer or more marker. What does that look like? So it's kind of a, a complex answer. So when you say 100% fully remote, if that literally means that every single person that works for your organization works remotely, then you're not going to be captured by that. But if you have 100 employees that work remotely and five that work in your you know, corporate headquarters, those five employees that work in your corporate headquarters are going to have to be um, abide by this rule because you have 105 employees. So those that are remote, they don't... They get counted, but they don't really fall into the rest of the requirements. But those that are actually seeing each other on a regular basis, they do fall into the requirements. That makes sense. So what do employers of 100 or more employees have to do to comply with the new rule? These employers are going to have to create a mandatory vaccination policy or a policy that allows unvaccinated workers to provide an at least weekly negative COVID test result and wear face coverings when in proximity with other workers or customers. 
Employers will need to provide notification of the policy and information regarding workers' rights to each of their employees, and they will need to collect adequate proofs to support their policies. So that would either be something like collecting the vaccine cards or negative COVID test results as well as maintaining a roster of the status of each of those employees. Additionally, employers must provide four hours of paid leave to obtain the vaccine and additional time to recover from any side effects from getting the vaccine. Wow. So does this apply to all employees of those employers? So no, that's a great question. And we kind of touched on this a little bit a moment ago, but not all employees of those employers are going to be impacted. So for example, this doesn't apply to employees who work exclusively outdoors or to employees who are fully remote. So if you're a full-time remote employee, this doesn't apply to you. Or if you aren't necessarily a full-time remote employee, but you don't actually report into a workplace where other coworkers or customers are present. So practically what that might look like is that if you have remote employees who ordinarily wouldn't be captured by this requirement, but then they need to come into your corporate headquarters for a meeting or attend an offsite meeting of some kind with other customers or other associates, they will go from not being covered by the mandate to being covered by the mandate at that moment when they're going to have to go actually see and interact with other people in proximity. So at that time, the employer would then need to either collect proof of vaccination or require the testing and masking. So if you have a sales org that is meeting with clients and you're above this 100 threshold, those remote, quote unquote, employees would qualify since they are meeting face-to-face with clients. Yes. You also mentioned, Corinne, that it's effective immediately, but there are grace periods for compliance. When do employers need to be ready to comply with the ETS? Employers have to come into compliance with the majority of the provisions by December 5th. There is an exception with the testing requirements, so those an employer would need to come into compliance with by January 4th. So that's not a lot of time. I mean, it's 30 days from publication to the Federal Register for most of the provisions, um, which means that employers really need to start get getting get started on their preparation today. We have a lot of great resources on paylossity.com that can help you get going if you haven't already, and we will continue to update those resources as new information is made available. You bring up a good point around tracking, and I'd love to you know, leave our final question with Anna because I'm curious if you're looking to collect all this data from your employees, what should you be looking for in a solution or a product, Anna, that can really help you as an employer make sure that you're in compliance with this? Yeah, so you want a solution that will make it easy for your employees to provide their vaccination and testing information. That means they can enter those details via a mobile device or computer, and that they're not only able to provide their vaccination and testing details, but they can also upload that vaccination card or proof of a negative COVID test. And make sure that information can be verified through an approval process. So you can see what has been provided by the employee and decline it back if necessary to get what is needed to keep you in compliance. You may be concerned about the fact that negative test results need to be collected weekly. That's a lot of work to keep up with. Find a solution that can automate that process for you. Sending out a request automatically to the employees that are not vaccinated and do not have a recent negative COVID test. You don't wanna be the one to have to determine which employees you need to get that from each week and then do that follow-up manually yourself. And you want to be able to exclude employees that work from home or work from a location where they're the only person. So you aren't requesting that information from employees that don't need to provide it. And as Corinne mentioned earlier, so reporting is a must. 
getting that detailed reporting that you would need for a roster that includes specifics for each employee, like their vaccination and testing status, but also look for ways to get a quick snapshot of the vaccination status of your company by location. Then you can spot if there's locations that might need more education or encouragement. Lastly, you're responsible for making sure that employees who are not vaccinated or who do not have a recent negative COVID test are not working. It would be great if you can get an alert that lets you know if someone has clocked in when they should not be working. And if you're one of our clients, our tools will be able to help you do all of those things. Anna, that's so awesome. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think as HR professionals navigate this over the next 30 days, knowing what products we should be using and what requirements we should be looking at is really important. So uh, Corinne and Anna, thanks for a couple minutes today on ETS. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.